Peace and blessings, family. This is Jarain, a.k.a. Rev Rain, a.k.a. I am grateful to be alive today. Anyway, I hope all is well in your world. Welcome to Holy Algorithm. I am excited to talk about the topic of the day because it's one of my passions. It's one of the things that I love, 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 love. And so it's... uh, it's a joy to actually talk about this. So the podcast is tentatively entitled Self-Care 101 because that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be looking at the idea of why is self-care important and how do you actually do that? You know, how do you take care of yourself next level? What what are we thinking about when we say self-care? I mean, that's the buzzword, right? So here at Holy Algorithm, where we basically say there's something sacred and divine about you, some holy spiritual code within you, what are we considering when we practice self-care? Is it just like everybody else does it? Is there a special component to it um, when you're rooting spirit at the core? And so we're going to just, you know, see what spirit has to say about that. And um I'm just going to do my best to listen to uh, that sacred, sacred energy that is available to all of us. So I think I'm going to do something a little bit different today. I'm going to just say that, me too, let's just breathe and get present to the breath and think about connecting with the sacred divine And if you have a lot of stress in your life, maybe you want to pause this podcast and take as much time as you need. But I'm going to keep on going. Anyway, so when I was thinking about self-care and, you know, taking it down to the basics, you know, acting as if I'm having a conversation with someone who said, I don't even know what the word self-care means. You know, what would I say to them if they had no clue? And I think what I would say is life can sometimes become challenging and it takes a lot out of us, right? If you think about getting up every day and going to however you make money, right? Because we live in a culture that says you've got to make money to survive. You know, what does what does that take out of you? What is the toll that it takes on you, body, mind, and spirit? So if we think about it, right, um, and let's use a car as an example. If you're driving a car, doesn't matter if it's a 30-year-old car or a 50-year-old car or a 16-year-old car, that car is going to have requirements. It's going to need an oil change. It might need a new tire every now and then. It's going to need to go to the car wash. It's going to need for you to clean it interior, exterior. It's going to need a good grade of gas, right? And so, you know, we are much more fragile and resilient (laughs) than a car, but we have the same needs. We have the, the need for, you know, inside and outside uh, love. We need to love up on ourselves. So I was like, okay, so what areas do you want to talk about? Cause you know, this list could be unlimited. And so I thought for the 101, you know, self-care 101, you know, we'd start with eating nutrition 
exercise, boundaries, finance, and self-talk. So that's, you know, six areas. And to be honest with you, we could explore, you know, self-care 202, self-care 507. So it depends on how deep one chooses to get in the in the area of exploring self-care. But I thought that this would be great for folks who are like, you know, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired or um, folks who are like, clearly I don't understand self-care because I'm, you know, continually suffering from anxiety or depression um, or, you know, I find myself isolating or maybe you're in recovery and you find that, it's very difficult for you to navigate recovery without like intense levels of stress. So I think this basic level of self-care would, you know, make a difference for all of us. And, you know, I'm going to be listening to this podcast a couple times because, you know, even though I am an expert on the knowledge of this, some of these things I also have challenges around, right? Because we're all human and we all have our, um, you know, our growing edges. So in terms of eating on a basic level, I think most of us would do well to get present to what we eat, when we eat, why we eat, and how we eat. And so I say all that to say, I remember when I was a kid, you know, there was this thing that people used to say, make sure you chew your food at least 30 rotations, right? So that chewing, 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 right? 30 times or more. And, you know, I pay attention to those things. And I notice, like, even myself, you know, if I could get nine or 10 chews in, (laughs) I'm doing good. But understand that if you don't chew your food, Um, and break it down in those 30 rotations, you're making it harder on your intestines. You're making it harder on your digestion Um, when you eat. So the truth is, if you get up at three, four, five, six, seven, eight in the morning and you don't eat your first meal for a number of hours, that's sort of like getting in your car and trying to drive cross town with very little gas in the car you kind of like driving on a hope and a prayer because you could literally blow your engine out. So you want to break fast. And there is a theory that if you break fast, the first food you should eat is a protein, right? Because the sugars, the carbohydrates, the thing, the complex carbohydrates that turn into sugar, that is really not good for your body to eat first thing in the morning. So eating a meal within 30 minutes to a half hour, 30 minutes to a half hour, isn't that the same thing? Yes. 30 minutes to an hour um, after you get up would be great. There are some people who say you shouldn't even actually eat a meal, that you should actually um, break your fast with water, lemon juice, um, mixture like a water lemon juice kind of thing to just get, you know, your system ready to go. Um, The other thing that you want to look at in terms of when you eat, are you eating when you are stressed? Are you eating comfort foods because you're not really feeling good about the moment, right? Because those kind of emotional eatings are not the most empowering space for your body. 
The other thing that I wanted to add around eating is that there's certain things that are part of how we nourish our body, right? So I'm not the best at it, but there's this idea that you should drink half your body weight in water. So if you weigh 130 pounds, you should be drinking 65 ounces of water. If you weigh 210 pounds, you should be drinking 110 ounces of water. And this is really important because we are made up of water. And my gut intuitive sense says a lot of the problems that we have could be resolved if we just increased our water. The other thing too that I think we know enough about nutrition is the body does better with alkaline food versus acidic food. So um, I would highly recommend Google is your friend. You know, Google alkaline food and that's spelled A-L-K-A-L-I-N-E. Alkaline foods. What are alkaline foods? Because what we know is that when you eat a very acidic diet, it wreaks havoc on your body. So that's another way of caring for yourself in the eating domain. The other thing too is I think we get so used to the rhythm of our lives that we don't pay attention to the fact that I want to say, what, six, eight servings of fruit and vegetables. I don't think a lot of us get the opportunity to do that just because we're relatively busy. So, you know, if we have a sandwich that has a piece of lettuce and tomato on it, we're happy. If we, you know, have a nice little serving of broccoli at dinner or spinach at dinner, we're like, oh, I did good. But the truth is, um, you know, it would be wise for us to break that up throughout the day. So in the morning, whether in a smoothie or um, a fruit bowl, we should be trying our best to have fruit and or vegetables at breakfast, lunch, dinner, and our little snacks throughout the day. And just to add that, there is some science that says it is better for your body to eat six small meals as opposed to those, you know, that big breakfast, that big lunch, and that big dinner. So that is something that you can consider a form of self-care. Now, I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast or podcast are probably vegan or vegetarian, um, but there are some people who are not. I was a vegetarian for 10 years. It wreaked havoc on my body. But what I can tell you is that although I don't eat a lot of meat, when I do, I make sure that it's grass fed. Uh, one of the things that I'm looking into now is trying to find a local farm that does humane killing, um, because what you want to be present to is that the energy of the animals, whether they were afraid, whether they were tortured, whether they were um, depressed, that's in their cells, it's in their flesh. And so you then are eating that. So that's eating. So in terms of nutrition, I don't have a lot to say about nutrition, but I want to emphasize that if we're really going to practice self-care, one of the things that we want to look at is that the body doesn't look at hamburger, cheeseburger, grilled cheese, salad. It doesn't look at it that way. We look at it that way. What the body goes is vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin K, vitamin C, iron, phosphorus. So it reads vitamins, minerals, it reads hydration, 
um, we really are sort of like a beautifully made chemical device. And so I think part of self-care is looking at the chemistry that our body needs and requires and making sure that our body gets it from that perspective. So, you know, when I'm sitting there going, um, oh, I want chocolate covered almonds. I'm present to the fact that my body probably wants magnesium. My body probably wants folic acid. My body probably wants fiber. And so while it's great to think of the food in its form, think about also what our body needs. And, you know, intuitively I'm saying to myself, huh, I wonder if we could Google, you know, what vitamins and minerals does a body need on a daily basis? Um, And then my spirit is saying also with that is if you know you're not getting everything you need, add in a daily vitamin. One of the things that I take is I take a fiber supplement, I take a vitamin D supplement, and I take a multivitamin for um, women. I also add in a um, uh, fish oil supplement and not regularly, but I also do a... Um, uh, what is that vinegar? Not the regular vinegar, apple cider vinegar supplement, right? And I don't like drinking it. So I got it in a pill form. So you want to look at what's great for the body and add supplementation, whether it's probiotics, um, acidophilus. And with that, you might even consider part of a nutritional self-care is cleansing, um, periodically, right? you know, when you get an oil change in the car, they flush out that old oil. So we have to find a way to flush out the toxins in our body. So next exercise, uh, exercise, you know, we now know that, uh, no movement and sitting is the new cancer causing, uh, phenomenon. So any kind of movement is important. If you work at a desk, you know, let it let it be your commitment that you get up every hour and move around for five minutes, even if you stay at your desk. There's something about movement that is beneficial to the body, you know, getting that oxygen exchange. And then in, in addition, you know, that's just to maintain and not have anything negative happen. In addition to that, you want to at least three times a week, get your sweat on, get yourself moving, have your muscles and bones being impacted because the benefit to that is it's going to increase your energy. It's going to make sure you're feeling a little bit more relaxed. I can tell you whenever I get that sweat, oxygen situation happening, I sleep like a baby. So one of the things they know is that if you can have that intense level of exercise that it also lowers your chance of getting a chronic disease. So exercise is a basic self-care 101 thing that you want to incorporate into your life. Next up, boundaries. And you know, it's interesting, boundaries seems to be uh, one of the issues that I discuss with my coaching clients and my spiritual direction clients more than any other issue, which is, you know, a really simple way of saying, where do I begin? Where do I end? Where do you begin? Where do you end? And so if I kind of reside in this space, what is it that I need to feel honored, to feel heard, to feel seen? Um, When do I feel like people are taking advantage? Uh, When do I feel like 
um, what matters to me is not being taken seriously, right? So boundaries are very important. Some people need to set them in relationships. Some people need to set them with family. Some people need to set that with jobs. You know, I literally have a client who says, you know, they finish the day at five o'clock and literally their supervisor at 435 at least once or twice a week will come and say, hey, can you get this done before you leave? And the truth is, if you give somebody an hour's worth of work at 435, you're really not honoring professional boundaries, right? But, you know, the person has the fear, like if I say something, can I lose my job? Will I lose my job? So boundaries are very difficult for many people, um, especially with family. Like, am I being a good whatever the relationship, mother, daughter, cousin, auntie, if I don't allow this person to cross boundaries. So, you know, I cannot give you the solution for that in a podcast, but what I can tell you is that if you look closely at the dynamics of boundaries, having healthy boundaries increases compassion for yourself and for the world. It also lets you exercise the muscle of assertiveness, which is necessary to setting healthy boundaries. It also creates a way for you to get your needs met. The truth is, unless you set boundaries, what you need is not going to be magically known by anyone in your life. The other thing that we know about healthy boundaries is that People who have healthy, effective boundaries are less angry. They usually have very little to no resentment. And the truth is in their lives, they feel a sense of safety, um, which I think is more than enough reason to set healthy boundaries, right? Next area of self-care 101 is finance. So finance, believe it or not, is a way of practicing self-care. When you have healthy, effective financial um, health, you're going to be less stressful, right? The truth is, if you can't pay for essential things, if you are borrowing from Peter to pay Paul, if you uh, don't have any extra funds to get a massage, to get your nails done, to go on a vacation, that's going to impact your quality of life. So healthy finances is a form of self-care because it allows you to create the life that has deliciousness for you, right? You want to be able to drive the car of your dreams. You want to be able to take a vacation with your beloved. You want to be able to say yes when your children say, I want that. You want to be able to say, you know what? My child can go to college wherever they want to. You want to be able to say, you know what? I'm a renter by choice, but if I want to buy a house, I can. So whatever those things are, you know, unfortunately, we live in a world, and I don't know if it's unfortunate, but we live in a world that says, this costs this, this gets you that, this is the exchange, right? So being able to be in the game, right, of being able to be with the exchange um, just feels empowering, right? Wow, almost 20 minutes before the dog barked. <laughs> um, last thing that's part of self-care, is self-talk. 
What are you saying in your mind about whatever? What are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about your weight? What are you saying about your education? What are you saying about your family? What are you saying about your partner? The conversations that we're having in our head really are um, the bridges to life showing up uh, in the way that they show up. So the truth is we would do better we would be loving ourselves better if we had healthy self-talk. Because the truth is, we are what we think. So if I'm doubtful, if I'm fearful, if I'm negative, if I'm distrusting, you will know because it will show up in my conversation. And believe it or not, my conversation externally, out loud, is a reflection of the conversation that I'm having in my head. So when we talk to ourselves, we really need to be affirming and inspiring and motivating ourselves, no matter what the world looks like. So even if you're like, you know what, that sounds like make-believe, I can say, you know what, such and such is happening in the world, but I am wise enough to transcend that. I am smart enough to rise above that. I am conscious enough to avoid such and such. So when we think about what we're saying to ourselves, it really we need to be our biggest cheerleader. That's really the truth, right? And so, yes, you can say you're a realist. You can say this is actually what's happening in the world and I'm not gonna pretend that it's not happening. But that's not what you're really doing in your self-talk. You're not pretending, you're actually perceiving differently, right? So the truth is, let me make something simple. Let's say I'm thirsty and I don't have any money to buy anything to drink. Like it would be ridiculous for me to pretend that that's not happening. But if the self-talk is, that's why I don't have anything. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to die. I'm going to be dehydrated. They're going to find my body on the ground. Like that self-talk pretty much will lead to you dying of dehydration. So when I'm talking about a self-care one-on-one, what that self-talk would say is, okay, I'm thirsty. I don't have any money right now, but you know what? I'm pretty much a very charming person. People like me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to gather all of my courage. I'm going to put on my best outfit <laughs> and I'm going to walk down to the store and I'm going to convince that store owner of why I am worthy of getting something to drink. And I will make an agreement such that that store owner feels confident in giving me something to drink and I'm going to get what I need. And then I'm going to do what I have to do to create the circumstances that this will never happen again. Right. So that is what self-talk does. Self-talk recreates the experience. Self-talks, self-talks, self-talk allows us to create and empower and transform our circumstances in ways that we are present to our own personal power. Right. And so I think that's all I got. Especially because the dog seems to be losing their mind right now. I must be getting like, <laughs> my energy must be getting really excited because they're like, Arr! anyway, 
Peace and blessings to you. Thank you for continuing to grow Holy Algorithm and uh, share it with your friends. I can tell because the numbers are starting to be very impressive. Um, And so thank you for that. And um, take care of yourself. Uh, Whether you call it self-care or not, love up on you. Understand that you are worthy and deserving of all of the beautiful things in life. Um, You were born for that, right? So allow yourself to, to do whatever it is that you need to do so that you can live your best life, your best reality, your best experience of this journey. So... Peace, love, and light, and I will be with you sooner than later. And um, until that time, peace out.